Hello and welcome back to the Cisco UKI podcast, the podcast where we take the acronyms out of tech and we put the fun in. You're tuned in to one of our monthly Tech Talk episodes, a spin-off from our main podcast where we deep dive into an area of technology with some of our favourite Cisco experts. In this month's Tech Talk, we're exploring Sassy. What's the football boot? Uh, Ronaldo's. Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's oh. just, it was it was a purchase at a silent auction when there was too much oh. alcohol consumed. Right, okay, okay. Well, are you, you you're like, not not like a cool story behind it. Just no, you just drunk. Just drunk. Uh, Joe, thanks very much for joining Rosie and I on the UKI Cisco podcast for one of our thirty-minute tech talks. So we don't ever script these. We just like to invite people on to come and talk about the bit of technology that they are really passionate about here at Cisco. Um, and we start with a bit of a mastermind introduction. Okay, mm-hmm. so fast style. So name. Joe Gorman. Job title. Sassy solution specialist. Length of time you've been at Cisco. So this is my second time in Cisco. Um, I originally joined in 2010. I left right at the start of the pandemic. I joined Google Cloud, had a bit of a sabbatical there for two years. And then I joined, rejoined in uh, January this year. Brilliant. Speciality subjects? Celtic. <laughs> and in terms of Cisco? Uh, sassy. Favourite thing about your job? Um, the team working with Scotland and, and actually having the, the presence that we do, that was um, that became blindingly obvious when I when I went to Google and I had no office and all my team were based in, in England or Ireland. So yeah. What about that? And the piece of technology you couldn't live without. Probably got a few actually. Well phone being the obvious one, but I'm sure you hear that a million times in these podcasts. But probably my Apple Watch. I wear it all the time and uh, it connects into Strava. So any exercise I do, it gets tracked and even walking the dog. Uh, I, I don't leave the house without it. No, we're, we're big Apple Watch fans on this podcast. Yeah. Big watch, spend far too easily on it. Um, yeah. That's, but we have spoken the podcast before, Rosie, haven't we, about the Duo, Duo's security pop-up. Have you got that tied into your watch? Yeah. Yeah, we love it. It's a good one. It's a good yeah, feature. Let's get straight into it because, you know, we've only got 30 minutes, but, you know, we often get all these marketing terms coming from the likes of Gartner or just the industry in general. Like we've had work uh, place transformation before um, and now the term of the moment is SASE. So what does that actually mean and why is it important to customers? Right. Okay. let's start with that then. Right. I'm not a big fan of the term, if I'm brutally honest, right, but SASE stands for Secure Access Service Edge. And effectively, it was a a term coined by Gartner in 2019. uh, And it really, the definition is the convergence of cloud networking and cloud security functions, right? So, you know, from a connectivity, you've got like SD-WAN. From a cloud security, you've got Casby firewalls, a service, secure web gateway, you know, a number of other security functions that are delivered by the cloud. And Gartner's view was that that world, the networking and the security, 
they need to converge. There's too much complexity in um, in a digital world. You you know you've <clears throat> you've got remote workers. Um, you've got hyper distribution of applications. Bring your own device, work devices, personal devices, branches all over the place. Right? Um, it's just mega mega complex. And actually simplifying this to a certain degree uh, by combining cloud networking and cloud security into a single subscription and consumed in a, in a user interface um, for all that capability is definitely the way to go. No, thank you. And so, you know, for customers that are, are maybe not so fair with SASE, why would they, you know, their systems are working great, They've got something that works. They've invested in multiple technologies. Why change? Um, <clears throat> the world's changing there quite dramatically, right? So, <clears throat> and it's only going to get more complex. There's a number of things happening in the, in the marketplace, right? You, you know, you look at the, believe it or not, cloud has been about for 12, 13 years now, right? Probably more. And, you know, it's, it's part of our, our, our working lives now, right? Um, but it's getting more complex. Um, you know, you look at the SaaS world, right? So applications that are delivered via the cloud, that's absolutely exploding. So, you know, our, our main points of contact are typically in the IT operations side of things. And things might be working away nicely, right? But what's coming down over the horizon, right? You know, being prepared for that. Um, who are your line of business talking to from a SaaS perspective? Um, you know, and how are you going to onboard all this, right, as the complexity increases? And this is what SASE addresses, right? It allows you to get, you know, a couple of um, architectural principles around networking and security in place, cloud delivered, and easy to consume. So when you take on board these new services, you're taking them on much quicker. You're not going around the whole operational headache of taking on point solutions and security finding appropriate um, connectivity. You know, we're all experiencing the shortage of hardware at the moment, right? This is this is non-hardware. It's all cloud delivered. So from that perspective, um, adopting this is much, much quicker. Um, and, and obviously, it's going to save you money. Um, but I think the operational, taking that operational headache away and simplifying all this and making it easy to consume is probably the biggest ones. So how how best do you see customers going on this journey? Because obviously, if they have invested in multiple different technologies and, you know, they've got um, maybe their, their secure edge gateways with, with one mm -hmm. vendor and something with another vendor, you know, how do you, how do they start the journey? Like, is there a turnkey solution that they have to invest all of it in one go or can it be more of a journey? How does that kind of work? Yeah, that's a very good question, Rosie. Um uh, and, and there's there's a couple of options, right? There's a term um, coined in the, the industry called disaggregated SASE, right? And, and that addresses very much the point you made there, right? Customers have made these investments in some core aspects, like a secure web gateway. They might already have an SD-WAN. They might be using, you know, the likes of Microsoft for their multi-factor authentication already. And, and SASE is probably... You know, although Gartner coined the term in 2019, customers have probably been doing it for years. They've got those elements of SASE, but they've already made investments, right? So they're not going to 
just flick the switch and go with a turnkey solution, although they could, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, we can sit down with them, you know, understand what their digital strategy is, how that's time of the business, and then look at where they are today, right? What have you got that is a core component of a SASE solution? And whether that's Cisco or non-Cisco, we can take them on a journey to, to get to that, that, you know, single vendor, full stack SASE solution. And that will take time, right? You're waiting for netboot value of technology to expire, subscriptions to expire, but it is a journey. And um, for most customers and for most of our business, we'll see this, this aggregated SASE as being the, the way forward. But it's really just having that vision and end goal that needs to be defined and then taking them on that journey to get there. Um, the second part of that you mentioned is that kind of turnkey solution, right? If, we, if you know, listening to some of our competitors, they're talking about, you know, they wouldn't have that turnkey for 10 years, right? And that brings it to light the fact that we've been on this sassy journey, us as Cisco, for years now, right? If you look at the announcement we made to the market a number of years now, I think it was about five years ago, six years ago, that we were actually going to pivot to more of our revenue being software-based. And if you look at the acquisitions and security we've been making for seven, eight years now, they've all been cloud-based security functions, right? And we've been doing a lot of work um, to integrate those, develop the products in their own right, actually, but integrate those with each other and other Cisco technology. And that is not a small amount of work. It takes a lot of time. You could actually take these applications, stick them in a container and put them in the cloud and call it a cloud app, but it's not a native cloud app. You're having to rewrite lines, millions of lines of program to do that. And this is what our competitors are, are rapidly finding out. And actually, you know, if you look at it, uh, Gartner, they've come out with a new term, a subset of SASE called SSE, right? So they've dropped the E, the access. And I could be very cynical uh, and say that's to appease the security vendors that are in this SASE world, but don't have a credible SD1. Um, you know, for them, they probably jumped up kicking and screaming that Gartner have created this term and driving this market when they're not ready for it. It's years out from so. But to back to your point, the unified, the single subscription, we have that today. And it's branded under the um, the, the banner of Cisco Plus Secure Connect. Um, we're officially launching it at um, RSA in uh, early June. But yeah, we, we have a, a unified solution today that we can deliver. And that's unique in the marketplace, particularly um from the big vendors that are in that SASE world, of which there's 35 players, believe it or not. We're the first big boy that has the unified um, solution uh, in the market. So here I come with some basic questions because okay. I like to like really simplify things. So you mentioned a term that I actually haven't heard before, or I feel like I've heard it and never actually understood what it meant. Turnkey solution. Can someone please explain to me what that means? Thank you. So, so... Well, that probably ties in nicely to how I define Secure Connect then, right? Because we have Secure Connect now, which is the turn, turnkey SaaS solution, right? And what do we mean by turnkey? You get it as is. It's got all the functionality in there. It's quick. It's easy to deploy, cloud-based. And there's not a lot of wriggle room in terms of configuration or taking components out. 
you get it as is. It's a bit like getting a you know a, an application in your in your phone, right? You're you get it, and that's it. You just put in a couple of configurations, potentially very small. Um, but yeah, there's nothing major you can change about it, and that's what we mean by turnkey. Now that's the that's Secure Connect Now, right? Um, designed primarily for kind of lean IT organizations, right? Where they don't have big IT functions and they want something there deployed quick, um, you know, globally. Um, we have Secure Connect Choice, which by the, um, the name would um, imply, um, you know, there is more configuration there. It does scale much higher um, in terms of one of the two remote uh, uh, use cases, uh, Secure Remote Worker. It can scale to 350,000 users globally. There is more configuration there. Um, there are options to take out components. So we talked about disaggregated SASE. You know, if customers are using a, you know, a third party MFA or they've got, you know, an existing security function that they've maybe just signed up to, then they can incorporate this potentially into the Secure Connect um, choice solution. So way much more um, options in that, that, that solution. That was a bit of a long-winded answer to your question there. <laughs> no, it's good. So I think I'm just trying to get my head around it all and let me under mm. let me just test if I've understood. So is SASE essentially what we're saying, a bundled security and networking product? Yeah, right. Okay, so so that's an interesting point, right? Because it's not actually new technology per se. So the technologies that are actually in SASE ha have been there for, you know, potentially a number of years, right? It's just a different way of packaging them and consuming them. And, and this is where you get into the kind of simplification, operational efficiencies, cost savings, but more importantly, actually, it's actually filling, uh, covering the gaps that you might have in your security stack, right? Because if you look at that security world just now, there's hundreds, if not thousands of security vendors out there. And for years now, you know, cyber security has been top of mind. Even more so, top of mind since uh, the pandemic, right? We've we've seen a, a six hundred percent increase in cyber crime since um, the pandemic happened, right? And that's because you know, if you look at what's happened, you might have had a branch with two, three hundred people working in it. Those people then became working from home, using their own devices, and so effectively, those two, three hundred people are, are you know individual branches. So that whole attack vector has multiplied significantly. So, you know, it's became very top of mind, the whole SASE proposition and more so the security as well. And actually with a SASE stack going single vendor and getting all these security functions, you're covering some of those gaps and therefore, you know, better protecting you. And have you found then, do you find that the kind of end customers that we'd be speaking to, like the individuals within businesses, are they changing? Is it because would you historically have spoken to the security people and historically spoken to the networking and now are you having to involve different people within organisations with the SASE story? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, both teams are absolutely pivotal to this, right? And getting them in a room and having that conversation about um, and getting them both on board with it, right? Because it's covering... To architecture, and, and this is a new space for uh, for Cisco as well, right? We're going cross architecture on this and coming to market with a solution. This isn't just sales guys 
going in and, and, and fronting this up. This is engineering work that's going on in the back end with different engineering groups within within Cisco, you know, coming together with a common goal here, right? But yeah, to answer your question, there is two different teams that we're, uh, we're speaking to here and getting them on board. But there's different teams that we traditionally wouldn't be speaking to as well. So, you know, you're talking to your the teams that are involved in the cloudy stuff, right? Your digital transformation teams, because this lends itself to that whole world. You know, if you're taking services now that are all getting cloud delivered, well, it makes sense for you to have that networking and that security as part of that conversation, getting these architectural principles up front and, and baked in from the start. And actually, when I was at um, in Google last year, I actually did work in a transformational um, opportunity with a customer, real cradle to grave stuff. And because of my, you know, the heritage in Cisco, you know, I was regularly asking about, well, when can we look at the networking for this? Because we were wanting to sign the, the contract and then move straight into delivery, straight into data center exit, and we'll move into uh, Google Google Cloud and, and start um, start the transformation process. Um, but lo and behold, when we, we were able to, to have the conversation around the networking, the interconnects were delayed by six months, right? Now the impact of that um, had a, you know, a, a real detrimental effect on the business case because the big cost savings were coming in the first and second years of that business case. And that six month delay actually straddled two fiscal periods. So, you know, connectivity and security need to be, you know, definitely an upfront conversation and baked in at the start with any kind of cloud project as well. And actually what I would say as well, networking's kind of coming back into fashion with this whole sassy conversation. You know, it's, um, We've had peaks and troughs with net networking being cool, but I definitely think we're in uh, we're back to networking being uh, fashionable again. <laughs> and, and one of the things I think, you know, why would you even consider Cisco for one of, you know, what for the SASE solution is possibly around the observability piece and what we can do as well as the security and the networking. So I don't know if maybe you just want to touch on, on that point as well, just leading on from what you were mentioning about the cloud. Yeah, it's that. I'll get shot if I never actually mentioned anything about visibility, but um, it's it's rapidly, in my view, um, becoming the, the crown jewels and the whole sassy story from, from Cisco, right? So by definition, there's two pillars uh, that I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, Big Atma's definition, right? Net cloud networking, cloud security. We have a third, which is observability, and it's absolutely vital in a sassy world, right? Because the old world where we had the perimeter protecting our branches and our data center, you know, it was fairly easy to protect because everybody was in applications would typically reside in those data centers. In the cloud world, in the SASE world, you've got your applications everywhere, right? And you've got people working from home. So potentially your home worker is connecting into a cloud service in the West Coast of America. You don't have that visibility of that plumbing in between. So how do you get to root cause of a problem? Um, and if you don't have the right tools, it's a bit of a wing and a prayer, right? And what our observability will do is actually look at that plumbing and actually red flag where the potential bottlenecks are and allow you to take corrective action on that. And that is absolutely vital for performance, ensuring you know um, a good level of service. But that has a knock-on effect for customer experience as well, because your customer experience is absolutely going to be vital in this world, right? 
and been able to get red flags, proactive notification of where a problem is, you know, what that problem is and, and how to remedy it. That is absolutely vital uh, in, in the new world we're in. And we've already got that. Um, our technology to do that is, um, is thousand things. And, you know, once we show customers the capability of thousand days, it's a bit of a wow moment, right? And and this well, is where I just light up, don't they? I just oh, think they get so excited amazing. by seeing it. Because, yeah, it's it like, and, you know, I think the IT team are always the ones that get a phone call. Oh, this isn't working or this isn't what, you know, I can't exactly. get onto this. And it's like, you know, especially with us all working from home and even though the company might have one internet service provider but at home i might have something that's different from what the business uses and so it might not even be to do with me connecting to the business services it could be me connecting via my internet home broadband that's yeah. actually causing the issue because I mean, it's happened to me um but using the observability with thousand eyes and actually being able to see where as you say in, in simple terms the plumbing where how it's getting yeah. routed through the network is where is that disconnect happening? And it just saves everyone so much time. And I think that's why that everyone's just getting so excited oh, about it. Uh, you're absolutely right. And if you look at our um, IT operations people that we normally speak to, right, they're not awash with headcount, right? And that ain't going to change anytime soon. So they'll be taking on board all these digital services that may be a new operating model for them, right? And, you know, potentially they're out of their comfort zone, right? So... You know, having that technology there to actually do that function for them and actually ensure that best-in-class customer service, right, customer experience, that's absolutely vital. And actually, it's funny because the other sassy competitors we have in the market have latched onto this now. So they're frantically, you know, making noises about, you know, customer experience and that visibility and developing their own. The challenge they're going to have is, they're incorporating it into their SASE solution. It's baked in. Whereas if we go back to the point we had earlier on about disaggregated SASE, you could actually take Thousand Eyes as a standalone just now and it'll work with anything. We acquired them as a standalone product, right? Um, it's just got so happens it's going to be baked in to our, our unified solution, the Secure Connect Now, um, in the next few months. But, you know, as a disaggregated Offering, you could take that today. And it is best in class, top right in the magic quadrant of, uh, from Gartner, you know. And so without me generalising too much, okay, but sometimes people in the technical world um, can be quite sceptical or be a bit cynical about new stuff. And mm -hmm. is there maybe, would you say that some of like the technical guys might hear sassy and think, oh, just another marketing term or like, oh, heard all this sort of stuff before like how do you counteract that how do you get guys like that on side is it like through showing them like you were saying the thousand eyes stuff like yeah. or what do you say to get over the oh it's just another marketing term yeah uh, and i think um, we need to make it clear there's no new technology here right this isn't new technology it's a new way of consuming technology that's been well proven in the marketplace making it easier to consume and uh, through this unified dash and you're right, it's a software sale, right? It's, it's kind of, you're in that software world, so you need to demonstrate it. But what I tend to do is I focus more on the drivers up front, right? And that opens up a conversation around um, why it's important. So you look at the main, the four main drivers for, for SASE are digital acceleration, right? Organizations have, you know, the pandemic has thrown a span in the works with, with regards to their digital strategy, right? So you know, five and six year digital transformation plans, moving from a traditional organization into a digital native, right? So 
what do we mean by digital native? Well, you know, having our applications um, residing in cloud, becoming cloud native, um, having data at the core of their business for any decision making for customer experience, right? That is a that is a, a long journey. But what the pandemic has done is actually pull those strategies forward from years into months. Because a lot of these traditional organizations, they require, you know, buildings, forecourts, et cetera, to generate income, right? Revenue. When the lockdown happened, they had no they had no online means to actually generate revenue. And you know, that was a panic for them. So with that digital acceleration become, you know, you get complexity. And then once you get complexity, you've got uh, cybersecurity risk. And again, that's one of the reasons why we're seeing that huge increase in, in cyber crime since the pandemic. So that's one reason. Um, the second reason hybrid, hybrid working, you know, before pandemic, we were giving them, you know, remote workers uh, VPN, letting them work from home. That's just exploded with the pandemic. And, you know, maybe a full VPN tunnel access into your data center is not the right way because you've got all that bottlenecking through your data center only to just break out back into the internet and applications. There must be a better way of doing it, and that's where SASE can address. And that's quite a big topical um, issue for customers at the moment as well. And the third one is, um, as I mentioned before, that applications are hyper-dispersed, right? So, you know, customers will say they're, they're cloud-first or they're cloud-only. Yeah, that's fine if you're, you know, you've got a big hyperscaler, and, but, you know, does that mean you've got a lot of SaaS applications? And what can you see just now from your, your line of business functions? But who else are they talking to? And a good example for me, my personal experience is when I left um, um, Cisco in April 2020, uh, I joined Google and the key application for me on my first day at Google and for you know for a couple of months after that was uh, Workday because that's where all the HR stuff was. That's where I had to upload all my documentation, book any holidays, paychecks and all that kind of stuff. Never heard of them before, but a full you know, SaaS delivered application Globally, right? Now I've come back into Cisco and then Cisco have adopted them, right? So in the space of two years, I'd never heard of this application, but it's became de facto in that HR world, you know, doing what Salesforce does for CRM, what they are doing that for uh, for the HR world. So, you know, who else are your business functions talking to that you're not aware of yet? And how are you going to adopt them? And once you start, so that's four reasons. Well, I thought the fourth reason actually is that the traditional network's not appropriate fit for purpose. So I talked about that uh, bottlenecks and most of the traffic now is outside the perimeter, whereas before it was mainly inside uh, what we term as a kind of east-west traffic. So those four reasons, those drivers tend to open up a conversation with customers and they're all feeling the pain, right? And then once you explain to them, well, this is where SASE can fit in and take some of that pain away and make things a bit more simple, save a bit of money, customer experience, that's when they start seeing the, the value of, of this. And then you start getting into a conversation around, where are you just now? You know, let's look at this, let's demo this, let's set up a proof of value and um, you know, let's demonstrate the worth to your, your actual business. So yeah, that's how we overcome that. Brilliant. So just wrapping up because our time is ticking away. Um, what is the future of SASE in your opinion, Joe? Okay, so we have a very, very aggressive roadmap. Um, th this is core business for Cisco, right? You know, we're founded on on networking, right? And uh, and I've mentioned that 
We've been buying security companies and developing our own security solutions you know, for the past eight years. In fact, networking and security a lot longer than that, right? So, so it's core business for us, right? And as I mentioned as well, we've been on this sassy journey. But with Gartner coming out with this term, it's really kind of fueled that whole sector for us. And, and we've embraced that. And if you look at um, our um, development plans this calendar year, right? So I'm not talking into next year or the year after, is actually very, very aggressive and very, very impressive, right? So, so I mentioned today, we've got one use case, secure remote worker. Um, very quickly, we'll have a secure branch added to that. So next month, um, we'll have a SD1 incorporated into that single subscription. And very soon after that, we'll have Thousand Eyes and um, and Geo coming into that solution as well. So it's very exciting uh, in a very short period of time, the Sassy world. And we're going to steal a march in the competition just with that whole having that, you know, single dashboard. And what I would say is um, anybody listening, you know, tune in to uh, Cisco Live uh, in early June. That's when we'll be making the, the big announcements in this. And, uh, you know, there'll be a lot more to come. But, you know, if anybody wants to talk about it, I'm, uh, I will happily do that. Brilliant. That was great. Thanks so much for joining us today, Joe. Rosie, you enjoy that? Yeah, I love it. I love security. I think it's just so fascinating and tying it in with the network and that observability piece. I think it plays to, I mean, you know, I always bang on about that I work in small, uh, plays fantastically into small and having a lean IT team. But as you say, it's scalable to, um, you know, multinational companies. So it's yeah. something for everyone. It is, and it's an exciting place, right? It's, um, it really is, you know, so um, yeah, exciting times ahead. Look at that, just as the alarm bell rang. Well <laughs> done, amazing. Joe. That <laughs> is amazing. pure perfection. So yeah, listen, we'll wrap up now just by saying thanks so much again and looking forward to everyone hearing this one. Nice one, thanks. Thanks, ladies.